You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Steven Simcox. It is Tuesday, April 6th. It is Tuesday when I'm recording this, actually, because it's a, a late night for me, but I appreciate you joining me on this Tuesday. And we're going to start here with some college baseball news, and I'll tell you how it affects TCU, and then we'll get into some news and notes later in the show. But I wanted to start with this report from Kendall Rogers uh, that came down on his Twitter account today. He said the NCAA will have predetermined regional and super regional sites in this year's tournament. Sources tell D1 Baseball. The sites for both rounds will be announced the week of May 10th, and bids must be submitted by April 12th. So that is a week from today when bids have to be submitted um, for these host sites. So what does this mean? I mean, typically in in the college baseball season, the top 16 seeds in the NCAA tournament host a regional uh, with four teams. And then the top eight seeds get to host a super regional um, with, you know, one other team and and a best of three series. And you can obviously still potentially host a super regional even if you don't place in the top eight if you end up being ranked higher or seeded higher than the team uh, that you face off with in the supers. But hosting in college baseball is a big deal. I mean, I mean, we know that. TCU's done it multiple times. SEC schools get to do it all the time. And TCU actually went down to A&M and won a Super Regional not too long ago and, and got a trip to Omaha that way. But it's difficult to do it on the road. I was concerned about this initially because right now, uh, as of this morning or Monday morning, TCU is sitting 10th in the rankings. Now they have huge series coming up. I mean, I think Baylor and Oklahoma are going to be towards the bottom of the Big 12 baseball standing. It's still impressive what they've been able to do the first couple weekends of conference play, but it doesn't you know, mean you're, you're locked into a host spot, obviously. So a, a lot of work to do on that front, but this team is looking – at the moment, like a team that could host at least a regional to start postseason play, and I'm I'm confused as to why they're doing this. Doing this because in my mind, if you're not doing a bubble, like if you're not going to bubble this thing up like they did the basketball tournament, why does it matter where they go? Now, Kendall followed up and, and basically said the reason they're doing this is it's going to take three weeks to determine, okay, does this host site have the facilities where they could um, adhere to COVID protocols? Do we know that that's the case? Can we keep everybody safe? And usually you get selected as a host team in the NCAA tournament on a Monday, and then the first game is either a Friday or Saturday. So it's a quick turnaround, and they don't think they can get everybody adjusted that quickly I I just don't understand why you couldn't you know tell team I mean you kind of know who the potential host sites are going to be as the season goes on so why couldn't you tell teams about a month out hey you look like you might be a a, a top 16 team in the country you should start forming a plan getting a plan together um, to, to be able to host I'm just not sure what the difference is between letting teams that earned it host their regional and super regional as opposed to predetermining it when um, 
you're not going to do a bubble format anyway. I, I get that you have protocols you have to get in place, but also by that time it's going to be June. I mean, hopefully more people are vaccinated. Things are still looking up. Things are pretty positive right now. But I, I understand the need for precautions. I'll tell you what, though. When I saw this, I was kind of concerned. But after thinking about it, I feel like TCU should be in a pretty good position to host. Um, if you're gonna, if if the NCAA is gonna base it on merit and how good a team is, and again, these bids are gonna get sent in by the twelfth, so you're not gonna have um, a full picture of how good somebody is in a week or so. But I think there are eight, nine teams, even you maybe go. You know, 10, 11 teams that you say, huh, this team seems like they have a really good chance to host. TCU fits that bill right now. I mean, I think just the way they're playing and the way the season can unfold, they will potentially be a team that could host a regional. I uh, don't know about a super regional yet, but there's work to be done on that front. They have great facilities. I mean, Lupton is, is a great place. Um, there should be plenty of room. There should be plenty of hotels for four teams to stay at. Um, TCU's used to hosting regionals. I mean, they've done it year after year, so this is not an uncommon thing. As long as they don't just fill it up with schools from the Southeastern Conference, uh, I feel like TCU should be in the running if they want to make a bid and want to make a, a, a run at hosting a regional and a super regional in the NCAA tournament. So I, I feel like they're actually in a pretty good position. But it is going to be super unfortunate if you get skipped over and you have to go on the road immediately because that changes everything. And, I, I mean, I don't – I guess you could still technically be a one seed and be on the road if they predetermine these sites, but then you don't get that home field advantage, uh, and, and that's a big bummer. Now, I don't know if they'll try to keep these things – pretty regional so if if they decide and this is just a hypothetical example Houston's going to be a host site but TCU's the better team maybe they send TCU to Houston and let them you know play out there as the one seed but I don't know why they wouldn't just keep the frogs in Fort Worth if they feel like they can host a regional anyway it just sort of throws a wrench in everything and that news came down today and I didn't I didn't even consider that that might be something in their mind I was thinking either you know, if there was no – I was thinking if there was no news that a bubble is going to happen, then TCU would be right in there in the mix to host as long as they continued to play well. But it's a big deal. And, uh, yeah, that home field advantage, will capacity be at 50 or 60% at that point? I mean, could we even see a dream scenario where by June when that starts up, you're creeping up towards – 75, 100% capacity, and you have full crowds in the stands and full fans and uh, lathered up fans giving the opposing team hell from the bleachers, that could increase the chances that you're going to be able to get out of that regional in a big way. So it's something to monitor. It's something to watch. But I think TCU is actually in a pretty good position to still host as it stands right now. Uh, Before we get to our next segment, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a great business. They're a family business. They have reliable low prices. That's one of the things everyone loves about them, but they also have a great selection. Um, You can find exactly what you need for the make and model of your vehicle, which is tougher now than ever before because there are so many different options out there. I don't understand that whole world, but Rock Auto makes it simple for me. If you go to rockauto.com, they have a how did you hear about us section and click locked on so that they know that we, uh, 
we sent you. It's great for people like me that are clueless about cars, but also mechanics, do-it-yourselfers, weekend warriors, folks that work on vehicles frequently also use Rock Auto because of that uh, reliable low price, that fantastic selection. All the parts your car will ever need, go there today, and you will find exactly what you need for your vehicle, rockauto.com. One more time, that's rockauto.com, a family business. Try it today. Back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, uh, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. And this next story, I, I don't want to talk about it. It's not going to be a fun subject to tackle, but I feel like I need to just because it's big news and it's related to TCU and that it involves a former player and a first-round draft pick. Uh, I'm on Twitter this afternoon, and I'm just kind of looking around, and I see Luke Braun, who – host um, Locked On Vikings, which is uh, the Daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, he tweeted, if you saw the Jeff Gladney news and you're worried about football, then your priorities are wrong. And immediately I searched Jeff's name because I hadn't seen anything newsworthy about him, and it's the off season. My first thought was, oh, no, did he have an injury? Was there some sort of accident? Is he Okay. And uh, when I did some digging, I was not pleased with, with what I found. And that's Jeff Gladney turned himself in to the Dallas police today. And he had a warrant out for his arrest for a family assault uh, felony um, charge. And he, he turned himself in this afternoon. Jeff uh, is accused of assaulting a woman that he's in a relationship with, a 22-year-old female. They got in a verbal altercation on Friday night uh, over um, her cell phone, um, some text messages that she was receiving, and uh, apparently Gladney and her got into an altercation that escalated quickly. He is accused of dragging her by the hair and then um, choking her and assaulting her. And, I mean, it's it's a, a terrible story. If all this is true, then obviously he's looking at potentially jail time, um, it's, it's just sad all the way around. He posted bond and, uh, was able to, to leave jail after his arrest. The Vikings said in a statement, we're aware of Jeff's arrest and are gathering additional information. We take this matter very seriously as the reported allegations or are extremely disturbing at this time. We will have no further comments. So, I mean, obviously like Jeff will have his day in court or his chance to, uh, meet with counsel and decide how they want to go about this, and we don't know the truth. Um, but there were, uh, reading on some other, you know, stories about it, there were some witnesses that saw that she needed help. Um, and it, it it certainly feels like, based on what we know right now, it's not looking good for Jeff. And, I mean, the first thing here is I just hope he gets help uh, because it's serious stuff this is um a very sad situation what he did if true is is despicable and uh requires severe punishment um and and he'll have to go through the legal process on that front apparently from the charge itself he faces two to ten years in prison you know don't know what that looks like if he decides to um plead guilty or not guilty or how, how that plays out but it's a it's a felony charge. It's a serious charge. Um, you know, from a football perspective, just – and not so much like on the field stuff, just how this affects his job. Um, I mean, Jeff is – could possibly go on the exempt list, which is 
uh, a list the NFL made a few years ago, and basically it puts players that are under investigation or in legal trouble. Um, it, it makes them not eligible, and, and they can't play until things get resolved. You could see a similar thing happen with Deshaun Watson with the allegations that he's facing right now with the Texans. And the Vikings could just outright cut him. I mean, there is um, – teams are doing that more and more often. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't get a, another chance elsewhere, but um, you're seeing that more and more around the league. Like, there's just – and this is good. There's no tolerance for violence against women, which is the correct and right thing to do. Um, but, yeah, again, it's not a story I want to talk about. It's not something I enjoy um, telling you about, but it's it's the reality, and uh, it's just a, a sad situation. So I, I hope that um, Jeff is okay and that he can get some help if all this is true, but uh, pretty terrible deal there, um, accused of uh, assaulting a 22-year-old woman that he's in a relationship with, and turned himself into the Dallas County Police this afternoon, um, and, and we'll see where it goes from here. I'll kind of update you as we move on. So this is Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Uh, the rest of this week, I'll have some um, TCU spring football updates. I hope that I can, you know, uh, get in and highlight that team a little bit more. And, and I remember one thing I have to do tomorrow because I never got to it is there was one position group that I never talked about, and that was the offensive line. I think this is a really intriguing offensive line um, group and and part of the team because there's a a transfer that I feel like is going to anchor it. You know, the the guy that I was excited to see come back was T.J. Stormont, and he decided to uh, end up moving on to Texas Tech with uh, Sonny Cumbie. So he won't be a part of it, but they have a a big-time transfer who's looking to make waves. Um, and a lot of returners. To me, that is the biggest chance for if, if this offense takes a huge step forward in 2021, aside from, you know, the importance of Max Duggan's development. And honestly, the two things go hand in hand. Your quarterback is going to be better if he gets time to throw. Um, this is not a perfect analogy, but you look at what Zach Wilson did at BYU this past year. I mean, he was amazing and he was great. And a big part of that was that he was able to sit back in the pocket and throw the football. I mean, that offensive line did a great job protecting him, keeping him upright, helping him, um, you know, make plays in that offense. So if you can block, that's just going to be a big time plus for, you know, every aspect of your team, but especially your QB getting the ball out and making the right reads. And then the running game with a stable of talented running backs, that doesn't matter if you can't get a push up front. So uh, excited to tackle that. And we'll also just discuss is, you know, we kind of barrel towards the spring game here, um, what our expectations are for this team and where we stand with TCU football as we move into the 2021 season. So that should be fun. Uh, on tomorrow's pod, and we'll come back and, and wrap things up. We got a few notes, and there is one game in action uh, on Tuesday that I wanted to tell you about. Before I do that, let's talk about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, 
Lee Sterling does a great job. Just uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick testimonial of that today on the Locked On Bets podcast, which he does every day. Um, he was talking the national title game, and he picked Baylor. He picked Baylor to win that game. Gonzaga was four-and-a-half-point favorites. He said, take Baylor in the points, and I think they're going to win outright, and they certainly did on Monday, much to the chagrin of many of us uh, TCU fans and, and loyal followers. But um, that's the kind of insight you can get from Lee. He's just really good at hitting on these games, hitting on these bets. He's the man. Go to uh, betonline.ag today. They're your online sportsbook experts. Sign up. You use the promo code Locked On and get a 20% sign-up bonus. Start betting on these games today. They have great advice on the NBA, MLB, NHL, and football season. It's coming quicker than you think. It'll be here soon. BetOnline.ag. Try it out today. All right, final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. Appreciate you joining me today. And I uh, did want to let you know, TCU baseball, they're back in action this afternoon against Tarleton State in Stephenville. Uh, that's a 3 o'clock start. Long, long road trip for the Horn Frogs. They were in Oklahoma for three games. They'll be uh, playing Tarleton State on the road today and then um, on the road again to take on Texas Tech in Lubbock. And an afternoon start, which is weird for a uh, Tuesday game, but should be a fun one. Um, and, you know, I'll have updates on that on Wednesday's podcast uh, as we get ready for a huge um, series with the Texas Tech Red Raiders starting on Friday. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast. You can also um, rate the show, give it a five-star review. That's helpful because if people stumble upon it, and maybe they'll give it more of a chance if it does have some good reviews. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Simcox Steven. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On TCU. Please feel free to ask uh, whatever questions um, you want. If if you want more or less on the pod, what do you want? Let me know at Simcox Steven against my Twitter account, and then at Locked On TCU is the show's account. That'll do it for today. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.